Pro Talk with ProTech, digging deep to learn the stories, lessons, and accomplishments of experts in the real estate industry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Today we get to meet real estate agent Lauren Culver with Coldwell Banker Realty. It's so nice to see you, Lauren. How are you today? It's nice to see you too, Lexi. I'm well, and you? Very good. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you. So to get things started, I wanted to hear um, a little bit about you. What is your story and how you ended up as a real estate agent? How long you've been doing this and how did you get to sort of where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, So becoming a real estate agent isn't something that I set out to do and it isn't something that I really thought much about other than I really enjoyed you know, real estate just casually like everybody else does, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying go- going to open houses, seeing property and stuff like that. Um, I had a career in landscape architecture for 20 years prior to getting into um, real estate. And so just life changes happened. And in the process of trying to sell a house in Minneapolis, which we were doing in a downturn, pretty severe downturn in 2008, 2009, um, the, that whole experience kind of informed me uh, just how to present or I guess prepare a property for market and just mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls and the, the mistakes that we made um, that really just kind of made me consider real estate as an option. And then uh, my mm-hmm. spouse Jorge got a job teaching at the University of Maryland. So we ended up here and the, the opportunity cost was pretty low for me at that point, since I was looking for employment to explore getting into real estate. And so all that time I had spent, you know, every month looking at the case Schiller price indices that were coming out, trying to figure out why our house isn't selling. And, you know, we had spent two years prior to that getting the house ready. The first year was the outside. The next year was the inside um, because during a down market, uh, buyers just don't want to assume any risk. So any property that was going to sell at that point in time had to be just completely ready to go turnkey. Nobody wanted to assume any risk financially or otherwise. Hmm. So that whole experience got me thinking about going into real estate, got my license, just kind of dragging my feet, moving, moving through the process and uh, ending, ended up, working, I was doing contract work in landscape architecture at that point in time and ended up interviewing with seven different brokerages, found that I really uh, liked the office in <clears throat> a Coldwell Banker office in Bethesda. It was a very supportive environment. And from my experience in sales, that's what it takes. So I've been there ever since, and it's just been about um, nearly eight years. Wow. That's awesome. So it's kind of interesting, like from your, your own experience of selling your house and sort of seeing like just what, what was, what wasn't working. And, you know, obviously to top that off with a downturn in the market doesn't make things easier, but that's really, that's really cool that you sort of took that experience and, and wanted to dive into that because a lot of people would, you know, take something like that and shy away from it because it probably wasn't the easiest thing to go through. Um, And so that's really cool that you've taken that as an opportunity to, um, you know, hopefully help other people throughout, through situations similar to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So my goal is to really educate my clients, both 
you know, sellers and buyers, but um, in this case, we're talking about sellers, but just help to educate them on the market because it's super important. Um, and I completely respect that their home is their asset. And in the vast majority of cases, it can be their largest asset. And so we have to treat it with, you know, the, the respect it deserves. So my goal is to educate them on the market because the market really doesn't have opinions. <laughs> it really is what it is. And it's, it's really the buyers that are dictating the prices. And so it's really helping them to understand that and <clears throat> really knowing where things are going to kind of move uh, in the market mm -hmm. and helping them to position the home and how it is shown and marketed at that moment in time. So it's really important to work with an agent that understands what's happening in the marketplace currently. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're in weird situations like a downturn in the market or vice versa, an upturn, you know, an uptick in the market. Yeah, uh, it's really sure. important to understand that as a whole for sure. Yeah. Um, so what uh, neighborhoods, I know you mentioned Bethesda, Coldwell Banker, um, what neighborhoods or areas do you most frequently work in? Is there anywhere specifically that you find yourself most frequently visiting? So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I do work in, so I'm licensed in Maryland and DC, and I work a lot in Montgomery County and started out actually working with a colleague of mine on Gibson Island, which is uh, really pretty amazing uh, place with a lot of very um, nice homes of distinction on a private island that's gated. And wow. it's um, really what, you know, I was just really fortunate to be able to mentor with, um, with Ellie Shore. And so it, it was really a great experience. And from there, uh, I worked a lot in Montgomery County. I live in Silver Spring currently, and I tend to do a lot of work in Silver Spring as well as Rockville, Bethesda, uh, really a lot kind of it seems like there's a lot more work now in Howard County hmm. and the pandemic. A lot of people are tending to migrate further um, out in the suburbs and commute times have become less of a factor, even for clients that are um, that are working in DC are still willing to commute from Howard County uh, mm. because they don't envision that they're going to be doing it regular as regularly as they might have pre-pandemic. Uh, and then I'm also working a lot in DC, a lot in Northwest, uh, Adams Morgan and uh, Capitol Hill area, um, but all parts of DC. Yeah. And then I have three agents that assist me with uh, with my Virginia business that I can refer to depending on where in Virginia the, the work is. Okay. Awesome. So really all, all over, which I think is pretty common for agents in this area. Um, but specifically a lot of Montgomery County, a little bit more in Howard County, which is fairly new in the sense of the, you know, the pandemic and what's going on with the market and then a little bit in DC and you can refer people out to Virginia. So you cover all bases. That's right. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so for a little bit of a fun question, uh, what would you say the craziest thing that you've ever seen in a home has been? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, you never quite know what you're going to get yourself into. I have uh, taken folks out looking at property. And now this was years ago before we were in such a seller's market. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> this, I just remember one home, <clears throat> it was kind of in the suburbs and uh, it had been on for probably about three months. It was really overpriced. And, and we, you know, as we're 
going in the front door, I can tell that people are leaving out the back and sure uh-huh. enough, we found that there were squatters inside the home and a mattress with a, a, a little mini fridge. Somehow they got all this stuff in there and they were living out of the basement of this, this home. Wow. So, yeah. That's always so- want to announce yourself before going into a property that's vacant. Yeah. That's always so, you know, kind of scary in a lot of ways when you hear those stories, because you know, it's nice if people, when you walk in, leave or run out the back door, but right. you know, you, you hope that they don't stay there and, you know, try to um, act like they live there or what have you, like that can be a really sticky situation. So definitely right. announce yourself going into a house first. That's <laughs> absolutely nice. Um, okay. So getting into kind of the process of home buying and home selling, um, if I'm looking to purchase a home, what would you say the most important thing that I need to know would be? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So this varies by um, kind of when you're looking to purchase. So at this moment in time, I'd say probably the most important thing to to realize and fully understand is that competition is fierce at the moment for buyers. And in fact, on a meeting this morning, just learned that the uh, um, that most buyers per, uh, will be writing between five and eight contracts, and the average is six contracts before they get a uh, uh, oh an accepted God. contract. <clears throat> so it's really right now, and uh, you know, this is just a moment in time. I don't know how long this will will last, but it's um, my process is really education focused. So I like to educate my my buyer clients also very early on in the process. So we'll have an initial buyer consultation that really kind of lays a foundation and framework for them, because when the market moves so quickly, it's really great to have those fundamentals. Mm-hmm. really in place so that they can make informed choices and decisions when they find the house that they've fallen in love with and can, mm-hmm. they can move faster than other clients can and often with kind of greater certainty. And that really helps them to, to be able to move through the process with greater comfort and ease. I just remember as a first time home buyer years ago and not having had the time uh to really explore the home buying process Mm -hmm. or our agents not, and nothing, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but just not really being prepared emotionally Mm -hmm. and thinking this is one of the biggest financial decisions I'm gonna make. And I'm going into a house for 30 or 45 minutes. And now we're down to 15 minute appointment windows sometimes Mm -hmm. that clients are making decisions in. And, and so I didn't understand how the home inspection came into play. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how, you know, there's how this fit into the whole process. So I like to make sure I go through that with my clients and then just kind of help put it all in perspective that, you know, we'll get, gain as much information and knowledge as we can about this particular situation. I pull some relevant comps to help them really understand where this house fits. And then they, I kind of guide them through and they make an informed decision about whether or not they want to submit an offer. And if they do, then I really help them to understand what the probability is that they may win the offer. Uh, And so it, it, it helps really, I, I guess I feel like there's no, even if they don't win, it's still an education piece in their whole process. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that's so important setting that expectation, like you said, regardless of, you know, and, and working with someone who understands the market and setting the expectation that there's a lot of different ways that this could go. It's not that you just like find the first house and you get in and you move in and everyone's happy. Like sometimes it does happen like that and that's great. Right. But I think it's really important to set the groundwork and expectation and, you know, in perspective of where and when and what that these people are looking to purchase. Yeah, for sure. Ex- setting expectations is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, from personal and professional experience, I just know that everything works out for a reason. I know that sounds kind of, you know, warm and fuzzy and everything, but it really does. I mean, we lost out on a house that we really loved and ended up in both situations, both times we purchased to find out that the house we ended up with is even a better fit than in, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood than we had originally thought. Yep. So, and I see it all the time with my clients as well. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely hard when you're in the moment to remember that, but yes. you know, if you can keep that in the back of your mind as you go through and know that it's going to work out regardless. Um, okay. So if I'm the seller, so if I'm looking to sell my house, uh, what would you say the most important thing that I need to prepare for would be? Yeah. So that's a really great question, Lexi. The, uh, in a seller's market, it's important to really work with a seller to help them understand where the market is so that we can get their home prepared so that it shows well and it is going to look like it, it will have a strong value proposition. So that includes the list price, right? And so with the marketing that I'll do, really want to make sure that we get a lot of momentum and activity when the house goes on the market. Occasionally you'll see that somebody has listed their house for a price that is really stratospheric. And, you know, even though it is a seller's market, everything has limits. And so buyers are very smart and they're going to be able to know from just doing a lot of the research. In fact, they're so keenly aware of the market that um, because they're when you need a house, you're motivated to look. And if right. you have a budget, you're really acutely aware of where what the, the market value is at that moment in time. And so um, I'd say setting the price appropriately is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then just in this age of COVID, even, even before COVID, it was really a lot easier to sell a vacant home. Mm -hmm. And in COVID, there's a real benefit to, um, and it's even increased to have a home vacant because Mm -hmm. uh, buyers are just much more comfortable coming into a vacant home. It's a lot easier to schedule uh, you know, back-to-back showings and get as many people through as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So that way, um, you know, you can really capitalize on a lot of that and leverage that demand. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you said is going back to sort of in the beginning when you were talking about, you know, working with someone who understands the market, you know, especially when you're selling your house and knowing that, okay, you know, houses are flying off the market, but that doesn't mean that I should just list my house at the very top and hope for the best kind of thing. Like there's still a lot that plays into that, which is important. That's correct. Unless there's something that warrants it. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I know we've talked a lot about kind of the current market and what it's like, um, but how would I know, you know, when the best time to buy or sell would be? That's always an interesting question. (laughs) So it really is my job to help 
discover through the discovery process with clients what their goals and objectives are and what their needs are. And if uh, I'd say there's going to be different, the answer is going to be different for people that are looking for a primary home or it's going to be a primary home they're selling and buying versus an investor. So essentially people that have, you know, immediate life changes that require them to move, well, we're going to do the best we can to help position them either on the sale side to get the home ready and try and market it um, and help them to purchase mm-hmm. on their time frame. And then as far as investors go, you know, they're always looking for a deal. And so it's a little bit more of a, a numbers game. So we could time it a little bit. So I'd say in general, some folks have flexibility mm-hmm. and our historically our spring market, which is generally around February, March, April has been our strongest season. And then there's a season in the fall in the DC Metro right after the holidays, um, uh, uh, right as uh, school starting when we have a second real uptick. Mm -hmm. Now, post COVID, um, all bets are off and it's been a very strong market and continues to be. And so there are varying fluctuations through, throughout there, but it's been, um, things are a little, little bit different during this time. So for timing the market, generally spring and early fall is a really good time to mm-hmm. sell. Yeah. And I think to your point, it's, it really just depends on everyone's situation. What's the purpose of buying or selling and, you know, every, everyone's situation is different. So it's a, it's a common question I feel like, but it's a really hard question to answer, especially as a real estate agent when people are looking to you, like, should I buy, should I sell? (laughs) What should I do? (laughs) Correct. I do. Although Uh, I will say just to follow up on that, uh, now is an excellent time. If somebody is weighing the decision about staying in their house or, selling with interest rates being so low. Sometimes it's, I found that clients are just able to get more value by um, making the move now that they might be making in two or three years time, because what we anticipate is that in two or three years, the interest rates will likely be higher. How much higher? We're not sure, but we're at historic low rates, which is really helping to drive the market too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of different things. Um, so with that and all of these different, you know, moving pieces in the industry, what would you say your favorite thing about real estate is? Wow. Favorite thing. That's a really interesting question. So, uh, I'd say that real estate, well, I've always wanted to own my own business and in landscape architecture, while that was a really good fit for me, I never quite saw myself having my own business. And now that I've been in real estate, uh, and have my own business as an independent contractor. Um, I, re- I love it. It's great. It's a really good fit because I, I get, I guess probably one of the favorite things I get to use many different aspects of being creative, being able to work with people, being able to help people as they make life choices and decisions. Um, so it's, there's a, a wide variety of things that I get to do throughout the day mm-hmm. <laughs> and the days can be long and the week, you know, and it, it, they can be long weeks, but it, it is all worth it. Uh, so yeah. And helping people it ultimately is really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
But I think it's, uh, you know, like you said, there's, there's always different things, which keeps your days long, but also I'm sure they also go very quickly. Um, and you're, you're moving through good times, hard times, difficult situations, great situations, and ultimately helping people at the end of the day, which is, which is the rewarding part of it all. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's talk about a really challenging time for you and how you overcame it. And this could be, um, professionally or even personally. Yeah. So probably the, the most challenging time would be, uh, in, well, having to sell our house in Minneapolis and really it took 18 months to do that. And just the whole, uh, challenge of trying to, you know, uh, reduce the price to meet the market. And that's at a time when there were a lot of federal programs that were helping to support the market. Um, those were kind of chipping away. And so we kept reducing the price. We had put, you know, a ton of money in getting the property ready. We had negotiated well going into it. Um, but even still when the market turns, it can be a challenge. So um, that was just a really challenging time trying to uh, trying to keep my, um, trying to sell the house and make a, make a move. Uh, so anyway, ultimately right when, uh, Jorge got a job at the university of Maryland, we ended up being able to sell the house. So the timing worked out perfectly. Um, I guess I feel like that experience as difficult as it was really helped propel me into considering real estate mm -hmm. and moving in this direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seeing the opportunity. Well, and, and like you had mentioned sort of earlier on is it all works out, you know, one way or another. And right. so the fact that it kind of timed out, and even though it was hard sort of going through it, I'm sure that it was very rewarding in the end that you went through that. And now you got from it, Hey, maybe I'm interested in building my own business with real estate and helping people go through this process. Right. I don't want, I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. So, <laughs> I mean, my average number of days is much, much shorter than yeah. 18 months. It's, you know, usually under two weeks, uh, which is great because I, I think there's um, there's a lot of work that agents can do either upfront uh, before the listing goes on or after it goes on. And it's so much better for the client if we can work together early and do all that work upfront so that the day that it goes on the market, the house is ready and it can kind of maximize and leverage all the opportunity that is there. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say your biggest life achievement is something that you're really proud of or passionate about? Yeah. So this is uh, interesting. I had always had on my bucket list to run a marathon. Okay. <laughs> so I uh, just remember being at a family event and one of my <clears throat> in-laws, she, uh, my sister-in-law mentioned something about running the Marine Corps marathon and my brother-in-law's a Marine. And so since we live in the DMV, it just kind of made sense. And I, I just, I was working the, uh, the day that it, we were able to sign up, I was writing an offer and <laughs> I got this family text and I just happened to jump on the website because apparently it's very competitive, but I actually in the few moments I took between, you know, writing a contract, just 
I, I got in. And so I didn't know what I was really getting into. <laughs> and one of my good friends, uh, he is, runs many, mar- he's run over 50 marathons. So I uh, solicited uh, him to help with a training program, which almost ended our friendship because <laughs> I worked way too much to follow it as closely as he wanted. But uh, I did manage to complete the training program and I managed to complete the Marine Corps Marathon in five hours. Wow. It's probably, it's obviously not a super fast time, but it's a great achievement for me. So that was in 2018. That's amazing. Have you, um, are you continuing on your running journey? Do you still like to run? Do you have any other marathons like in your near future? Or was that just like a one-time kind of fun thing to do? Yeah. So that <laughs> I, I enjoyed the process of training because it really focused helped me to focus on something other than work. Not that work isn't important, but you know, life is also important. So I did complete the army 10 miler in 2019, which was great. And I guess I would love to do another marathon if it works out, but I'm going to take the training a lot more seriously this time and really kind of uh, get in it for the long haul Mm -hmm. so that next time maybe I can increase my time bit and really yeah. enjoy the run. I mean, I did enjoy it, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. I've heard that the training for marathons, like you have to be strict with training because you can't just, I mean, I can barely run like a mile unless I train for that. So I can't imagine just getting up and running a marathon. So kudos to you. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So tell me something other than the marathon running, tell me something that most people don't know about you. Any other hobbies or fun facts? Yeah, so I started out playing classical violin when I was in third grade and ended up um, playing all the way through high school, um, at which time I was in high school, I was playing in the University Symphony Orchestra. So that was um, something that taught me to be very detail oriented, which for better or worse, I'm now a recovering perfectionist probably forever. So uh, so that, that was a really great experience. Um, I also was a licensed bike racer for one season. Okay. <laughs> really into cycling, um, which is a great sport. And currently I'm learning um, modern Greek. So I'm okay. uh, studying modern Greek in my spare time. That's awesome. So you've got lots of things to keep you distracted from work a little bit then it seems like. Absolutely. So, do you still play the violin or is that you don't play anymore? Yeah, so I haven't for quite a uh, for many years, uh, I still have my violin, but I haven't played recently. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I um I recently got a Peloton, and so I like to oh, pretend awesome. that I'm a cycler, even though I'm not, or a cyclist, even though I'm not. But it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it really is uh, a really great fun. way to stay in shape. And cycling is something. It's one of those sports that you can do into your 80s, 90s, and beyond. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's super fun. Super fun. Um, okay. So are you currently reading any books, listening to any podcasts, or how do you generally like to gain new knowledge? Yeah, I am. Uh, so probably multi, many different ways. I'm currently reading Never Split the Difference, which is uh, a book written by Chris Voss. He was an um, ex-FBI uh, hostage negotiator. Hmm. So it's a really interesting book about how to um, really approach negotiation. 
And it's been very interesting a bit about midway through uh, that book at the moment. Uh, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos because I find that for professional um, development, there's a lot of great content on there as well as if you need to know how to fix your fridge or purchase anything, there's so many great, like if you want to buy luggage, there's a YouTube video on what is the best luggage out there. So, um, but professionally, there's a ton of information that's on YouTube. Uh, and then also doing a lot of continuing education, um, which is super key. I pretty much uh, will am maxing out my continuing ed, um continuing education hours just because there's a lot of great content mm -hmm. out there. And as uh, professionals, we have a responsibility to have, you know, a pretty good command of knowledge and information that is going to help our clients. Um, and then I have been taking some courses through Net, the National Association of Realtors. So I just recently got my uh, pricing strategy advisor certificate. So I'm uh, <laughs> more informed about how to help my clients yeah, that's awesome. So lots of different ways to to learn and keep, you know, whether it's professional development or just in your career and stuff. And uh, that's a really interesting book about the negotiations, especially in a time like this where the market is what it is. You're, I mean, you have to negotiate regardless, but that seems like it's a lot more intense. That's really cool to kind of hear it from the perspective of someone in the FBI. Um, I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five years? That's a really great question. Um, so as I've gotten into real estate, I, I really am building a business and it's really, so I took this seriously from the very beginning. I didn't really think I had an option to fail. So I wrote a very in-depth detailed business plan before I even really seriously started. That was like the first thing I did because I don't operate well without a framework mm -hmm. so over the years as i update the business plan every year i really kind of am always looking and envisioning what is my business going to look like so currently i am an independent contractor and i've now hired different people to assist me so i have a contract manager that is assisting with a lot of the paperwork and a lot of the details behind the scenes mm -hmm. or they're still client facing, but they're helping with a lot of stuff post contract. So nothing gets missed. Also hired a marketing coordinator that's assisting me as well. And then I guess in about five years time, I envision if all goes according to plan that I will have a team mm -hmm. and that I will be able to help more people to buy and sell successfully in the, in the DMV. Yeah, that's awesome. And that will include, you know, buyer's agents as well as other agents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's really good that you, you know, review that business plan yearly and, and strategize on how exactly that looks and being very specific on it. Um, and so I um, have no doubt that in five years, you'll have a team of agents working with you too. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, let's say that I'm your next prospective client. Why should I call you? That's yeah. So Love the question. Um, I think you should call me because I am here to help you to achieve your dream, right? It's not about me. It's always about you. And so I'm wanting to learn and discover 
what your needs are and I'm going to be there to help support you and work as hard as I can to help you achieve that dream mm -hmm. um, of home ownership or to sell and to, um, you know, really make it a streamlined, a streamlined and as simple or as painless as possible. I mean, there's so many moving parts that have to kind of align just perfectly. Uh, it's often kind of a challenge, but it's really helping people to understand too that these are um, complex transactions. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna do absolutely everything I can to help you achieve that in a, you know, within your time frame and to make your, uh, to help you achieve your dream. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, tell us how we can best reach you. Phone number, email, are you on social media or what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so yeah, my name um, is spelled so it's a little bit different, Lauren, L-O-R-I-N, and last name, Culver, C-U-L-P, is in your E-R. My uh, phone, 301-310-6456, and email lauren.culver at cbrealty.com. And I'm, you can go to my website, laurenculver.com. And I am on social media, but I've been so busy with work developing a business that I'm slowly catching up with social media and hopefully that will be um I'm, i am on facebook so you will find me there as well yeah that's awesome well thank you so much lauren i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today you're welcome thank you i appreciate it lexi absolutely Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Pro Talk with ProTech. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow ProTech Inspection Services on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn.